This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1345 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Greenflower Botanicals. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today, we have an excerpt from the Retired Racehorse Radio Show here on Horse Radio Network, where Dr. Madison Siemens joins co-hosts Jamie and Joy to explain pre-purchase exams and talk a little bit about what you should worry about and what you shouldn't. But before we get to our tip, let's hear from Green Flower Botanicals. And now our own Dr. Wendy Ying speaks with Roger from Greenflower Botanicals in a series we call CBD Oil 101. In our continuing series on CBD oil, we're going to find out why Greenflower Botanicals is different than other companies. Well, thanks for asking that question, uh, Wendy. Uh, we think that we're able to really provide a superior product for several different reasons. One of those is it begins with we source right here in the USA and we purchase and have partnerships with farms in both Colorado, Kentucky, um, and Oregon, as opposed to a lot of companies are bringing in importing CBD from China. Uh, along with that, our extracts are whole plant extracts instead of isolates. So what that just means is we keep all the fatty acids and trace cannabinoids in there that as they're naturally found and bonded um, in the plant itself. So it's uh, just a really, really wonderful uh, cannabinoid-rich oil. And then, of course, is uh, just the safety and quality issues. Every one of our products is uh, tested at a third-party laboratory for metals, uh, heavy metals, for pesticides, uh, fungus, um, molds, and, of course, for, for cannabinoid content itself. So you can always be sure that not only are you getting quality product, but also you're getting safe product. Well, that's super, Roger. And how can people find Greenflower Botanicals? Go to greenflowerbotanicals.com um, on the internet, and you'll see all of our products there, as well as the, uh, the testing we talked about. Every product has a test online. And most importantly, for uh, our HRN listeners, you can use coupon code HRN and save 20% off on your first order with Greenflower Botanicals. If you show your horses, please check with your federation on the legal use of CBD oil. I'm so happy to have you on and introduce you to potentially a new audience who maybe hasn't heard you on Horses in the Morning. You're a regular veterinary guest there. But I thought we could talk a little bit about something that weighs on the -the off-the-track thoroughbred purchaser. And that is number one, pre-purchase or no pre-purchase. And two, what to look for in a pre-purchase. So when you're going to look at a horse that's coming off the track, that is going to go to a second career, Joy's dog is barking. What are some of the things that we should be thinking about? Well, all, all those are good questions. And I think, I think the first thing you need to consider is whether or not you should even do a purchase exam. A lot of these horses are are coming are being repurposed either either cheap or free, and uh, so I think one of the one of the big problems we can get into is thinking because he's 
free, you know, this shouldn't be a big deal. We'll just go down the road and see what we got. The problem with that is I have seen a number of these off-the-track thoroughbreds that had major problems. And so uh, now, you, now you've got, got into this thing. You've got something that maybe you cannot manage. You might not be able to ride this horse, and then uh, are you going to sell him? What are you going to do with him? Yeah. So the, for, for me, the, the free horse or the cheap horse is the horse that you most need a pre-purchase exam on. Mm-hmm. And because you, you just wind up with this thing, you're just going to feed him forever or whatever, because some, some of these things we just don't manage very well. So I, I would argue that that's probably the best thing to do is just get an experienced equine veterinarian to, to do a thorough workup. And the first thing that I look at is if the horse is lame today, this is a real problem. And so we, for us, for most of us nowadays, the, the purchase evaluation is not a pass or fail entity. Uh, the question that I've, I'm always asked is, would I buy the horse? And the answer is always no, because i got a backyard full of horses. And I don't want another horse. <laughs> would you buy it? That's what people ask you. Would you buy it? <laughs> no, I tell them no. <laughs> not today, <laughs> not now, not ever, you know. No, I, I'm being a little silly that way, but you got to understand that this what you're asking me to do is look into this crystal ball. You're asking me to, to, to look at this this exam that's going to take me about, oh, 45 or 50 minutes and tell you what this horse is going to be doing eight or 10 years down the road. Well, nobody can do that. So it can't, for most of us, it can't be a pass or fail type of an evaluation. What it can be is these are the problems that the horse has. These are problems that we can manage pretty well. These are problems that we don't manage very well. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's how it gets, to, that's how you have to sort of divide it up. And so the first thing I look at is, is the horse lame today? If he's lame today, then the chances of him remaining serviceably sound for the foreseeable future are just about zero. Now, it's possible he has something really minor, but, I mean, do you want to take a chance? And so, again, I never I never tell people, buy this horse, don't buy this horse. But if we're starting out with the lameness of do you, how, far, how much further do you want to go on this? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I saw a horse the other day that uh, there was free horse. Really nice looking horse, well bred. He's been to the track, but he never raced. And uh, she got him free. She's gonna gonna make a you know a CT horse out of him, and he's a nice horse, but he's a little stiff. He's a little stiff. So anyway, X-rayed him. He doesn't have a chip fracture in his knee. He's got a chunk of the end of the end of his radius knocked off. Oh and this gosh. isn't a thing. That we're just we're not gonna go in there with an arthroscope and peel that chip out of there. And he's down the road in six weeks. No, this is. This is your flipping a coin for his chances after a, probably a three to five thousand dollar surgery. So these wow. are the kinds of gambles that you're taking when you look at these horses without getting another set of of experienced eyes and hands. Just to look at him. An experienced veterinarian can look at a horse uh, and tell you if he's if he's going to be serviceably sound in, in, in pretty short order. Mm-hmm. Uh, because some of these things are just that obvious. Some mm-hmm. more subtle things are going to take a little bit more in depth evaluation. So. Uh, that that spills us into a whole other chapter of this. So well, you look at this horse, sorry, Joy. Um, so you look at this horse, you gauge whether it's sound right now. And then how, about how many times do you just kind of end it after the flexions or do most people go on to do radiographs? Well, in, in my practice, uh, probably, and I do, I do a fair number of these things. And so for the last, 35 years, I've got a couple of numbers here. And and probably half the horses that I look at 
for uh, for purchase evaluations or laying the DFC. What? Yeah, yeah. They're lame yeah. when they're getting pre-purchased. Yes, the day I see them, and and the the problem here is I don't think people are trying to cheat anybody. Not there, maybe there's some out there, but but what we got here is that most horse people, even some fairly experienced horse people, don't do a real in-depth evaluation of their horse every day. So mm-hmm. you know, if he comes up to eat and they slap the saddle on him and jog down the road on him, he doesn't seem too bad. Then. They figure everything is fine. The veterinarian is going to look at these horses in a much more critical manner. And so we look at things that your average horse person is probably not going to think to look at. I mean, some of them will, but a lot of them won't. And so we start looking at some of these even fairly subtle things. And uh, these are huge red flags. And so we just, as a general rule, we stop right there. Because, I mean, we can x-ray, we can ultrasound, we can MRI. There's a ton of stuff that we can do. But the big question at the end of the day is, this ain't your horse yet. <laughs> you, want to spend, you want to spend your money diagnosing somebody else's problem. And I have had people do that. And mm-hmm. I've had people, too, you know, spend a lot of money on a purchase exam. The horse is lame the day they see them, and they go ahead and buy them anyway. Which is fine with me because I make truck payments off those horses for you. Know, so. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you're gonna call me back in a couple of weeks anyway to do the first set of hawk injections. Yeah. That's <laughs> what god. I'm talking about. It's what we call job security. <laughs> oh. Well, Doctor Seams, I have a quick question, and that's yeah. you know, for some of the common injuries that we see with X race horses, are there some that stick out that should be a big no? Or are there some that you've seen? you can work through it and it shouldn't deter people from buying the horse. The, n- the number one reason or number one cause of, of retirement, early retirement in horses of all disciplines, whether it's race horses or roping horses, rain horses, any, any kind of discipline is soft tissue, soft tissue injury to the distal limb. That's the, that's below the knee or the hock. And so commonly we're looking at tendonitis. So deep flexure, superficial flexure, tendonitis, or suspensory apparatus damage. And so those horses will typically have some swelling below the knee of the hock, and this is in the back of the limb. It's interesting that the tendon damage in the front of the limb, front or rear, uh, is really forgiving. But if you have a problem in the back of the limb, below the knee of the hock, that, that constitutes uh, some, some questions there that we'll, we'll want to work through. And so the ultrasound is, our, is definitely our friend as far as trying to figure out the level of scarring, how much damage is done on the inside. Uh, the challenge with these things is that there's a high incidence of re-injury. And so if we have a superficial flexure tendon problem, that's much more forgiving than a deep flexure tendon problem, which is much more forgiving than a suspensory problem. And so this is another place where if we start to see something like that, and sometimes you can't see this, this without looking at an ultrasound. So, but most of the time, especially in these off-the-track thoroughbreds, they'll have a little puffiness or a little just a frank scar that will indicate that, yeah, this horse had an injury and, and maybe he's worked through it, maybe he hasn't. But the problem is that the incidence of re-injury is very high. And so if, if we've got a horse with a history of suspensory desmitis or tendonitis and, and he's just planning on, on, on packing some very, very small riders in you know, an you know, you know, arena someplace, that's going to be a lot more forgiving than the, the horse that's, that's going on for a combined training type of a career or something like that, mm-hmm. a more strenuous type of a thing. 
So part of it is trying to determine what the owner is going to want to do with the horse. And some things may be forgivable and some things just might not be depending on the, the intended career. Yes. And, and that, that also gets pretty complicated because things change. And so we may start out with this wanting something really easy and light, and we may work into something that's a bit a bit more strenuous. And and then the the intended purpose of these horses, we we do I do a fair number of roping horses out here in the West, and and it's pretty interesting if if you've got a if you've got a guy that's just learning how to ride and he's wanting to rope, you know, learn how to rope. That horse has got to be absolutely dead solid, perfect, because this guy's going to be chunking twenty, thirty steers a weekend off this guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got a guy that's going to the national finals rodeo in Las Vegas here in a couple of months, this guy, he, he needs this horse to work six seconds a week. That's it. Yeah. And so this, this guy can play hurt. This guy can do a lot of things in a very, very short time because he's that caliber a horse, but right. just your, just your average. If we're, if we're limiting our discussion here at off the track thoroughbreds, I, I think these horses have to be pretty squeaky clean, uh, for most of the disciplines that we're going to involve him in. And and again, the the soft tissue stuff there is, uh, uh, it is a real challenge and, and it's hard, it's hard to know, even looking at it with an ultrasound, it's hard to know which one of these is going to heal well and which one is not. Well, I, I, you know that I'm dealing with a tendon injury, not on an off the track thoroughbred on my Mustang, and we're still nursing that thing nine months later. So I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. Now, question about the thoroughbred, because, you know, I will uh, just call you in the middle of the night and ask you these questions anyway, because that's, that's what I've done in the past. Um, so my question is one of the most common things that I'm seeing in uh, the and these makeover pages and all of these things is weight gain. How? What is the best? I know this is off the the um. Not you know we're not talking about uh, pre purchases, but what to you is the best kind of thing for an off the track thoroughbred to put on weight? Well, you got to understand that you got a couple of different body types, and so we know that the big big meaty beefy draft horses. Okay, they're never going to look like an Arabian horse or a thoroughbred horse, and so in a, in a lot of in a lot of regards, if you're if you're look, looking for a lot of rib coverage on a on a thoroughbred type and you know more of a lean endurance type of an exercising animal, you're probably not going to get the rib coverage that you're going to get on a, on a chunky old style quarter horse because of the body type. So the thing to remember is that the horse is going to lose weight first and gain weight last along their top line. And so let's don't look at their ribs, don't look at their belly, let's look at their top line. The best way to do this is to stand behind them and look at the top of their croup. And so if it's if it looks like if it looks like a an A, like a like rafters in a roof, those horses are too skinny. And if it looks like a big mounds of flesh that sort of looks like a big big apples on either side of their butt, then that's not muscle. Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of what that's kind of what we're looking at is we're looking at the top line. And so, basically, we're not looking at a whole bunch of fancy stuff. We're looking at making sure that we've got a parasite load under control, and you got to do that with fecal exams. I don't just throw wormers at these horses. We've got to be sure and look at their teeth, make sure you've got an equine veterinarian that likes to do teeth and make sure that we've got those teeth under control. Typically, the thoroughbred horses on the track get a lot of dental attention, so that's probably not going to be an issue. But it's definitely the first thing we think about when we think about weight loss is going to be parasite load and, and dental, dental issues. 
And then we get into the nutritional aspect of this. And so typically when you got a horse that's more than about, oh, three or four years old, he is an adult mature horse. He's not going to need the type of nutrition that a, that a juvenile is going to need. And so now we're just talking about calories. We're not talking about a bunch of protein or a bunch of fancy supplements or anything like that. We're just talking about calories. And so, for example, if you want to lose weight, do you back off the vitamins and minerals? No, no, I would argue would back off the calories. And so same thing goes for wanting to gain weight. And so we're just looking at calories. I love free feeders, uh, the slow feeders, so that let's let the horse kind of nibble on something all day long. Mm-hmm. And that works on preventing the equine gastroesophageal ulcer syndrome because uh, they're, they're more like the natural condition where they're eating all the time. Sometimes hay is not going to be enough to be able to uh, to maintain enough calories. Some older horses can't assimilate enough calories in hay, so for those, we have to add concentrates. I'm a real fan of the those products that contain feed pulp. Those are safe carbohydrates. They're not readily fermentable like a lot of uh, sugar that like would be in alfalfa and molasses or some of the sweet feeds that have a lot of a lot of molasses in there can be can be dangerous and not good for hind gut health. But the beet pulp type of products, equine senior products, those are already partially digested. They're very high in calories and they're very, very safe. You can feed those free choice to older and debilitated horses or horses that are just coming off the track. Fantastic. Well, you mentioned um you know, for lack of better word, just a short word, ulcers. I want to have you back on to talk about that and some of the things that horses do go through when they're on the racetrack. So if we can plan that, I would love to have you back on to come on and talk about that and kind of how we can manage that um, in the future. So would you be happy to do that? Please. Absolutely. I always enjoy talking to you, especially when it's not two in the morning. <laughs> so backstory i had a mare and a foal in the foal. i was having some troubles and i didn't just moved here i didn't know anybody so i called dr Stevens. anyway sorry about it and it was christmas day by the way i've also called him so um <laughs> hey listen i have irate women call me all the time and my wife is very understanding there's a lot of wives that wouldn't ha- wouldn't handle that very well <laughs> bless her heart she does she deserves a million dollars for it so well, thank you so much dr siemens we will talk to you again coming up about ulcers and that about wraps it up for today you'll find links to today's topics and guests at horsetipdaily.com this is coach jen and i will be back again soon with more tips so until then go ride your horse the horse radio network and the horse radio network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the horse tip daily please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show <laughs>